working drummer. Now kick it. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, serving up perspectives, experiences, and stories from ground-level working pros. Advice, tips, and secrets on how to build a career in the music business. Hey everybody, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today we'd like to present another roundtable. In this episode, this roundtable discussion, we are calling Black Drummers of Nashville. We have the opportunity to share this unique perspective of a group of talented black musicians who make their living in Nashville, Tennessee. They share stories of resilience and realism in an unpredictable work environment. Our guests include Keo Stroud, Derek Phillips, Jeremy Robertson, Marcus Finney, and Hubert Payne. They cover many gigs with artists including Big and Rich, Chase Rice, Hank Williams Jr., Kirk Whalem, Little Big Town, as well as other live acts. They all spend time in the studio that keeps these drummers very busy here in Nashville. To find out more about this episode and all the episodes we've done, you can find every episode from one to over a hundred on workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave a rating and review that helps us grow. We're also on Google Play now and soon to be a YouTube format called Tunes to Tube, so stay tuned for that. We all love vintage gear, and I bet you know someone that owns an old Les Paul or maybe a 56 Fender Strat that never leaves the home, and the question is, why do we love this gear? It looks cool, it gives you that warm, handcrafted tone, and often brings a unique vibe to the music. Of course, it has its limitations, and if we're talking drums, we run into problems like its fragility, limited tuning, So where am I going with this? Well, once again, I went back out to KHS America in Mount Juliet, Tennessee to spend some time with some vintage gear. I'm talking about the Sonar Vintage Series Kit. I had seen and heard these at Summer NAM, but now I had a little one-on-one with these beautiful drums. Some specs you should know that make these drums uh, a modern vintage kit. The shells are that hand-selected premium German beach shell with rounded bearing edges. Keep in mind, this comes from the same forest of beechwood trees that were used in the manufacturing of sonar drums from the 1960s. The recreated teardrop lugs are a big deal. They look and feel just like the original, but now it has sonar's exclusive tune safe system. In other words, they stay in tune. There are many beautiful finishes you can choose from, like the Vintage Pearl and my favorite, the Red Oyster. It looks, sounds, and feels like a vintage kit, but maintains the quality and reliability of a modern kit. You could really call this a modern vintage kit. So go to us.sonar.com to learn more about the vintage series and find a dealer near you. I'm very excited to share this discussion with you, so let's get to it. Here's the roundtable, Black Drummers of Nashville. I have some ideas, I have some questions, I have some... But I... I don't have anything to contribute. The only thing I can relate to is that I play drums. And so this is kind of just a chance for you guys to talk. I just am really relying on you guys to kind of share your unique experience to this town that we live in that is music city, country music city. All you guys have country gigs, you know, and there's a... um, perceived culture about that type of music, about this part of the country, about Mm -hmm. this industry. Mm -hmm. And um, Hubert, you brought it up last time we talked that, you know, I think one of the 
things that I thought was really amazing was you're getting reaction from people that said, you're like me, I see you, but I never considered Nashville, you know, but now I see you up there. And so now it's like, hey, he's doing it. I can do it. Yeah. You know? Sure. And so that was just one idea I had is your advice. But maybe the first thing is just kind of go around so everyone can kind of hear your voice and who you are. <clears throat> so I'm Jeremy Robertson, um, currently with uh, out with Chase Rice. Uh, cool. Hubert Payne, I'm currently out with Little Big Town. Gotcha. Derek Phillips, drummer for Hank Williams Jr., Mr. Bo Cephas. And the Keo Stroud, drummer for Big Ridge. Eos has got some money. <laughs> I left that part out. I know, I mean, I got saved to us all for everybody. Oh, man. Finny, Finny, Finny. Marcus brought his granny jacket. And some notes. You don't live home with I know, he can't prepare. You don't have to give a dissertation. He's got the preach. You got, got a PowerPoint? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I got your writer for all your great skills. Yes. They didn't have green grapes, man. So, oh, so, yeah. uh, so everyone's going around with just saying who they are and get your voice. So you were last here. Awesome. I am Marcus Finney. Awesome. That's all you need, right? That's all I need. I'm a script, I'm really awesome. Yeah. Mark is Mark. My trumpet person. Sorry. 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 What time is it? How long? Okay, one minute, one minute and 12 Finney. seconds. That's how long it took Vinny to mention Trump. When you got Sorry. Oh, man. Dude, the dog even left me when I was Could you talk more about that, Hubert, where we were, as far as what you were saying before? Somebody's reaction to seeing you and saying, hey, I can do this. What is Nashville about? Well, man, my personal experience, I've been super blessed. Uh to come to a point and realize that, man, there aren't people like stopping, you know, me from being a part of country music, you know, and I had a lot of friends like, you know, Keo helped me out and, and kind of showed me the ropes like, hey, man, you want, if you want to do this thing like country music, study the craft yeah. and then go hang where people are playing country music. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. And yeah, there's, there's going to be some resistance. But overall, like. What do you mean? Well, you know, there there are uh, perception issues, mm -hmm. you know. A lot of times people see us, mm -hmm. and they first thing they think, you know, <laughs> you play it something in 30 seconds, and it's like, oh, that's a, he's a gospel chop dude, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really, it doesn't really fit a lot of times in, like, singer-songwriter situations. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you kind of get a stigma, you know, when, you know, a guy like me, which I shared the last time I was here, I didn't grow up in church. Like, my family's Jehovah's Witness, so I don't even, I don't even have that kind of a skill set. You know, me nothing either. against it. But, um, I've heard that before. Oh, oh, dude, I, I saw you at, at Legends, man. You got some sick gospel chops. And I'm like, mm. I, I, I just laugh. Yeah. But, the important part is, 
I understand that, you know, I've been given an opportunity to kind of change perception, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it doesn't really bode well for all of us for me to go in and be like, man, why do you feel like I'm playing gospel chops? I'm really not. And I'm just like, no, I'll just continue to learn a craft, respect the genre. And, and I do have a different influence. Yeah. And at a point that will become like something that separates me, something that someone wants to call me for. But it all goes back to me respecting the, the, the basis of country music first, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and just being open, man. Like, um, it was super important for me to be here today to me because I feel like I've been a process. I talk about this a lot for this, for these moments. Now um, I went, like I grew up in Detroit, you know, and the only person that I, I saw that wasn't like African-American was like on Saturdays, little league football. And then I went to boarding school where I was like the only black guy in class most of the time. But that was an amazing, like, um, it changed my culture and I, and I began to be open like man you know we all had the same issues and we're all trying you know what I mean so it's, it's like that when you get on a bus with a bunch of people that don't look like you you know and it's a lot of guys that I feel like are missing on missing out on opportunities because maybe you're a little you're, you're not comfortable being around a bunch of people who don't look like you who mm -hmm. do not share the same interests of, like as you do and that's a real thing and there's nothing wrong with that but my thing is like embrace it. Like I'm open to it now. I'm like you know, I particularly don't. I don't like baseball. <laughs> I don't like. You know, you're wearing, you're wearing a Red Sox hat. Yeah. You know, I don't. Of course. I mean, that's a funny reference, but my point is, you know. There are things that, like, when I wake up in the morning, and, I, and I've been on buses with guys, and, and they talk, their first 10 conversations in the morning, like, no one in my family would stick around for that. No one where I grew up around would stick around for those conversations about maybe it's hunting or, you know, growing up a certain way. It's a different perspective. Yeah. But yeah. I chose to be like, you know what? I'll stick around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because this is going to add to me. You know, this is going to... And, you know, they might not understand where I'm coming from, but they're not closing me off from yeah. all of us playing music together. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Exactly. And, and then when it gets to the music, we kind of see things that, you know, there's a lot more common ground there, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can build on that. So, man, if it's for me today, it's huge because I, I want I know there are guys sitting there like, man, what's this country thing all about? You know, is it just doom, doom? <laughs> and, and, and and that can seem boring. I mean, at this point in my life, I actually love that. Right? Actually, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't always feel that way, right. you know. Yeah. But like, I, I I can remember the conversation I had with Keo like it was yesterday. I called him and I said, "Bro, like, like, do you really like playing country music?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, dude." Because once you get into it. What you like try to dissect and you learn, you respect it, mm -hmm. you know, and you have a total different appreciation for it because you can't execute it properly if you don't like get into it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think, you know, the only thing attractive about my playing is you can tell I love it. So if I love it, you're going to feel the love, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of took heed to his advice and, and, it's, and it's been an amazing journey. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing journey, but yeah, so that's... I think I was drunk when I said that. <laughs>
Give that reference. The Talladega Nights. First you last. <laughs> I never said that. Shake a Daddy. It's interesting because I feel like I came from I, I came to the same point but from a different angle. I grew up in on the West Coast. I grew up in California <clears throat> where it's extremely diverse mm-hmm. and uh, which I love. And so I, I have friends from all different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds. And in my own home I heard all different types of music. I heard jazz, blues punk rock, heavy metal, hip-hop, electronica, classic rock. I heard it all. And and I'm grateful that my parents and my brothers <clears throat> were so open to everything. And I didn't feel like, oh, I could only listen to certain music. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And, and also, as it relates to what was on TV, like, my only exposure to country was, like, an hour Saturday nights when they played Hee Haw and a Barbara Mandrell show. Mm-hmm. But it's like, my, my parents didn't turn off saying, you don't need to watch that. Yeah. No, they left it on. Right. And I was like, that's cool. And plus, I did have a little crush on Louise Mandrell. <laughs> by the way. But, uh, True. But yeah, but so I'm grateful that I had that exposure where it wasn't... She looks the same. Yeah, yeah. My, my family... I know, right? I know, I met a few years ago. I was like, okay. um, my family is very inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't from, like, when, you know, you know all, all my older brothers and I, we, when we have relationships with other... With the opposite sex, they're all we brought all different types of people to the house. Filipino, Japanese, Indian, Pakistan—I mean, whatever. So I'm so again. That was my growing up. So I was always in growing up on the West Coast. You have a little apprehension to the South if you don't if you're mm-hmm. not from there. Yeah. So so I was always I was a little hesitant to even move here because. My thinking as a way, you know, sometimes it'd be a little elitist, but you think as a California, you got it all figured out and we're all, you know, we, we love everybody. And so my picture of the South was like, you know, Civil War and Confederate flags. Yeah. So it's like, why would I want to live there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so I'm a little, I have a little aversion to homogeny, homo- mm-hmm. you know, things being everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Detroit, Shelbyville, Tennessee, wherever, like, I like diversity just because that's what I know. Yeah. So, so coming here again, I was a little concerned, but you know, but I wasn't against playing country mm-hmm. music. It was just that I just I wanted to I want to do it all, mm-hmm. and so you know, when I got here, and it's, I'm grateful that I've had the opportunities and work with the people I work with, and uh, like like kind of what you're saying, the groove thing, like playing with Hank is really cool because from a music perspective, because he definitely has a lot of influence from a bunch of different music. Like for me, it's like playing. I mean. One aspect is like playing a straight up rock gig. One aspect is like playing an R and B gig, and then I was, and then a straight up country. And so, and it's all about you know to me. I just I just want to groove. I just love the groove. I mean, whether it's a train beat, right? You know, right. James Gadson groove, a class Stumblefield groove, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Will Calhoun. I mean, I, I just like to groove, and so that so I'm th- thankful that I get to. I don't feel like I'm out of character when I'm playing with. When I'm playing country music, because I just want to groove, like you, like you guys were both saying, like just make it feel right. Yeah, that's it. So, but the experience aside from music is fascinating because, kind of what you're saying, like when I go to a when I'm at a Hank gig, chances are I might be the only black person in in the in a five mile radius. (laughs) Yeah, right. Outside of maybe a few people working the arena, like and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the I know the 
black drummer at the festival. <laughs> It's like a bad exactly. version of Where's Waldo. Right, 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 right. the audience of there's Kino. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where's Kino? Exactly. They gave me an all-access pass, man. So I get to come to the shows. Right? As you wow. should. As he should. As he should. Absolutely. You doubled the, you doubled yeah. the population. I doubled the population. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, just fight. by being there. Yeah. Just yeah. By being there. Yeah. But the thing that really checked me is that, at first glance, like you know, shoot, man, at a hand gig, I've seen more Confederate flags in in one place than ever, and so mm-hmm. it really forced me to check me. Is like, I because initially I'm like, man, can I really do this? I don't. I'm tired of being the only one. Like I, mm. I grew up in the suburbs, man. The chances are I was the only black kid in my class, bulk of my career, bulk of my schooling. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this sucks, man. I'm tired of being the only one. Why did I be the only one? Then I realized that maybe I'm here because I might be the only black person they see, mm-hmm. yeah, in person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what? True. So so at in first, a positive light. Yeah. in a positive light, <laughs> yeah. in a positive light, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, in a positive way, absolutely. So it, that, that is a burden to carry, but but I have to be willing to carry it, too. Yeah. And I've had people actually walk up to me, like, what's it like? It's like, specifically saying that, what's it like to be Hank's black drummer? Like, I remember, dude, we did this one show my first year with him, and we had these um, ambient mics that were, like, right um, right on the stage pointing at the audience. And so it basically had people's faces, almost like vocal mics. From and I remember we finished playing for about 15, 20 minutes, and then we take a break. And then Hank does his acoustic set. So we all glee. So I'm on this high riser behind Hank. I stand up so everyone can see me. And I walk down off my riser. And I heard in my ears someone say, Hey, did you see that black drummer up there? <laughs> like, no, no, it's funny. Like, I mean, she probably meant as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. But even still, it's like the fact that that's, you know, that I have to be cognizant of that. Like, yeah, I'm going to get noticed yeah. all the yeah, freaking yeah, time. Yeah. So, oh, they watch it. Don't yeah, they're constantly yeah, watching. They watch so, it. and they went, look at him. That, that's Keo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're here, guys. <laughs> Every black drummer in Nashville isn't me. I, <laughs> I, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm seeing why you want to do this. Listen to our voices. It's one of the first things I heard when that came here. You got to find a key off. Yeah. I love it if I had all y'all's gigs. The way you know the way people talked about him, like I thought he was like six foot. Like yeah, I'm looking around like all right, I'm about to find this big dude. Mythical figure. I was like, oh, he's sure like me. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I mean, we've all heard that you know all black drummers look alike. I've heard it. Yeah. Twice yeah. by yeah. the same person at a, <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a at a at a venue that's no longer in existence in Nashville. Uh, and then, and you think that you know you can just um, put a comment like that in the vacuum, but then you watch. You watched the Grammys last night. Oh, yeah. Um, and you see yes. they honor Shirley Caesar and show a picture of Casey Watkins. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. We all look alike. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and, like and, 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 and for all, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's like, you know, the, the uh, African American is like the most diverse in shades. Yeah. It's like from butterscotch to blue. <laughs> Asphalt 
But the real cool thing, man, about what we get to do is like, this is how you change that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah that's like that's when when we true. when we understand the responsibility and we you know do our thing on the kit. More importantly, do our thing off the kit. Right? Yeah. Being nice to people, mm-hmm. being cordial, yeah. learning the music. You know, just being an easy guy to be around. Yeah, like these are the things that. Um, that 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 changes the culture. Right. Like yeah. this is the only way Absolutely to do true. it. True. This yeah. is the only way to do it. Right. Because I mean, we make jokes online and we do that thing, and people yeah. still don't know, man. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the way to do it, you know. And 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 you know, there were some guys that have opened the door before us. So I just feel like true. it's our mm-hmm. responsibility to keep it open and like Absolutely. you know. Yeah. But how do you, how do you guys like keep it from becoming so frustrating? Because you have to take that extra step. We have to not only be good on stage, but to be we have a we have a text thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, Right, physical, mm-hmm. you know, face and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't tell if you're being sarcastic, if you're being serious, if you're angry, mm-hmm. or if you're trying to make a valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a matter of like, you know, we've all heard things that are just offensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've heard it, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and 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 I wish that I could say. I don't hear it anymore. I wish I could say mm-hmm. I'm not going to hear it again. But the chances are we are going to hear it again. And and so but it's an attitude adjustment for for us to say <clears throat> as Hubert was saying like we have to represent uh in a certain way and even when I say represent in a certain way that immediately dis- like kind of separates how we handle stuff from how other people handle stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, we can't sure. come out and say and correct somebody. So, so for example, if you're in a camp and you are the only black drummer, and then you have a fan that says something foul, mm-hmm. um, if you were to like lash out at that fan, suddenly you're the angry black guy. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, so you literally have to like take a step back and almost. I hate to say this, but you have to almost let one of your colleagues handle it because if they handle it, then yeah. it's kind of like a it's uh, the admirable thing to do for mm-hmm. your colleague, like defend mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. even though you yourself are well capable. You're a grown right, right, man; right. you can mm-hmm. you can handle it, but it's yeah. a perception, and your voice is valid. And your opinion, your voice is valid, and your opinion has merit. But it's the moment you open your mouth. The perception immediately changes, so you have to like literally be extremely wise in how you say and what you say, um, how you say certain things. And you can smile. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I remember I was in um, uh, Utah one time, <laughs> um, and I remember walking through uh, uh, backstage. It was it was about twelve people. Uh, on the way to backstage, and they were—I they, think they worked the event. They had some of them had shades on. Two of them were officers, and uh, and I walked through, and and 
I try to always give people a blank slate or the benefit of the doubt. Like, right. you know, if I speak to you and you don't speak bad, maybe you didn't hear me. Or I try to I try to make excuses instead of jumping to conclusions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spoke, and people, you know, they were sitting down. They they, they seemed apprehensive. I was the only black dude yeah. in the whole place. Again, I'm in Utah, um, and I looked at this officer as close as you are to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, hello. And he just stared at me. And then I said it again. Mm-hmm. And he stared at me. Mm-hmm. And so I just walked on. And I said, you know, maybe, 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 he's, maybe he's, maybe he's mute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't speak English. Maybe, yeah. say, right. maybe, maybe he was Hold blind. On. Maybe there was a black face. You gotta go to the right place in Utah, man. <laughs> Next time we go to Utah, I can't with me. I'll see what you're saying, though, and it's, yeah. um, it's, um, like, I guess it's fair to say I'm, I'm one of the new guys here um, in home. town. <laughs> 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 well, all right, so you guys. But it was definitely difficult for for me at first, you know, just like, uh, well, I, I can't say it was difficult. I, I grew up around it from coming from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen a lot of it, like 20 minutes down the road, Pillion. It's, at the games, we got called every name there was. Right. And uh, one of the things that I had to learn is how, how to develop uh, thick skin. Yeah. And um, with, uh, with developing that, you know, Thing one thing I always stuck out. My mom was like, "Man, you know your name. They can call you whatever they whatever they want to call you. You know mm-hmm. your name. Mm-hmm. You know." And and I, and I always I've always taken that and and not let it affect you know my lifestyle or my or or my money. Yeah, you know, preach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, like you know, dad military background, whatever the case is. So I, I learned a few things, and I saw I saw a lot, <clears throat> and I'm still learning. You know, like waking up some mornings and it's on Fox News. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get my coffee and I just go on. I, all right, let me go outside. Give me a shot. Oh, when you wake up in the morning on the bus. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why do you have Fox News? I So, I mean, it, just seeing those things, seeing the Confederate flag, seeing, you know, it's, 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 been a, it's been a task, you know, just like, hmm. Uh, or, you know, you walk into a place and it's like, I never seen one of them before, and mm-hmm. you like no, looking around like, oh, what's, what's cool around here that right, right, you've right. never seen before? And I'm like, oh, that's what's about you. me. <laughs> yeah. We have a funny thing on my gig right now, and that's it right now. The past couple of years, everybody thinks that Chi Chi's the drummer, and I'm the drum tech. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Or you can call the bouncer what? or bouncer or your security guy. I was like, security guy. Yeah. The help. Right. The For the millionth fucking time, I'm not the band security. <laughs> hey, you said that on Facebook. You posted on Facebook the other day. I'm the coffee maker. <laughs> you know what I think is cool and really, really awesome that, especially you got these guys here, because like, I'm a fan of all these dudes drum wise. Like, I've studied with Derek, go to his house and be like, man, show me what I'm, what am I it's doing? Crazy. Like, and, and Marcus is like, I've been, went to school with Marcus and, and, and Keo's amazing. And Jeremy is like, friggin' Michael Jordan on drums. <laughs> <laughs> the awesome thing is, man, when, when you fight through these obstacles now, like, the culture of drumming in town is changing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you got, you got Marcus who can, like, you know, play with Lady Annabella or he can play with, uh, you, you just did. You just did a, a 
Uh, what country did you just play Morning Show? Oh, um, I uh, Justin Moore. Justin Moore. So, yeah. yeah, but he kills that. But he also <laughs> plays like Kurt Whalen and has his own band, right? mm-hmm. and he can play in twelve eight like crazy. Right? <laughs> but the cool thing is, man, like you know, this the genre is mixing and, and it's becoming more acceptable for other influences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and 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 yeah, we can talk about you know the culture is a little hard. You kind of mixing things, and some people aren't up to speed. But the awesome thing is, man, as far as the art. Mm-hmm. The city is growing, yes. like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and 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 things are changing. Like guys have been able to play on records now, yes. like, yeah. Yeah. like, and, like yeah. exactly. And, right. and like the door is opening, mm-hmm. so there's opportunity. And like you know, whatever your influences are, like you know, you can kind of incorporate that, and that's that's an amazing thing. That's how art progresses. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hugh Hugh is making a really good point because uh, I I get excited when you know cats like Jeremy move to town or. A bunch of different musicians, whatever shade you are, mm-hmm. move to town with a different perspective of mm-hmm. music, not coming to play country per se, yeah. but they're just coming to play music, and it's making Nashville be the music city that it says it is. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And it's making it be diverse like it says it is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and so you're getting a lot of artists, mainstream country artists, I should say, and producers who are trying, who don't want to play or, or mm-hmm. perpetuate the mm-hmm. same old thing. They yep, want true. to progress. They That's want true. to bring in other influences. So you're seeing country music, at least in the last five years, for sure, really change and take a turn. Like, I mean, last night, it was a little weird to me, but I I appreciated the Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood performance with the whole, like, um, sequence drum thing. Yeah. And, like... Like I appreciated that man, and, mm-hmm. and like they they are they are literally trying to be relevant, or yeah. they are relevant, but right. like as far as um, how country because country is so conservative, not politically per se, um, it's a, it's a very conservative art form where it's mm-hmm. like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's keep it like it is. Yeah. Why do this? You know, let's you know. Um, and That's fit. Yeah, it has to fit within these parameters, and and you have producers and artists who are like, bump your parameter, man. Yes, this is music, right? You know what I mean? And and like you're you'll never reach the younger generation who is who are your next uh, decades of of consumers. If you don't reach them, you're just going to be playing and pretty much in Vegas. Right. You know, right. or not nursing home, but But you know, also it is a deal. I mean, in the years, I mean, I, I guess out of all of you guys here, not of, of all the dudes around, but like, I've been in Nashville almost seventeen years, and I've played country music for a living for at least sixteen of those years, <clears throat> and I've seen that progression. Like so, mm-hmm. like. My first like my first country gig was like a '90s country guy, Wade Hayes, and it was like '90s country, you know, which is like the heyday of, of country mm-hmm. music. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And to go first of all to <laughs> to be able to get that gig is hilarious. One, because uh, all the dudes with cowboy hats and start shirts, and me wearing a backwards hat and a fubu shirt. That is beautiful. Man, I want to see pictures of that. I actually have one. This is the best as a photo of me playing with with those guys in Vegas for the uh, NFR. 
So my, mm. my, I didn't know the NFR even existed. Mm. So I went there. I, I'm wearing this uh, National Finals Rodeo. Uh, and, uh, and it was hilarious because it's like I, I got basically I just like jumped right into this culture of people I had no idea about mm-hmm. and everybody was looking at me, me, me weird and I was looking at them weird <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny though that, that being that being there for that that event ended up helping my career in the strangest way uh, Tony Brown and Tim Dubois had a label called Universal South which is what Wade was on at that time uh, and it was a, actually he was doing a duo called McHayes um, and uh, I didn't want to go to the rodeo so this so this guy came to me and he was like well this guy was talking like oh yeah something happened our tickets they got messed up blah 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 we don't want to go and I was like man you can have my ticket I don't, I don't want to go like I don't care less about the rodeo <laughs> and this guy said to me man he goes thanks dude I really appreciate that he goes here's my card if you ever need anything you let me know and I was just like oh great you know, because I'd been in town a year and a half at that, so at that time. And everybody said that, you know, here's, your, here's my card, you know, call me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, thanks, dude, appreciate it, whatever. And uh, I just kind of walked off. And uh, somebody was like, man, that was really cool of you to give, you know, Tim to buy your, your, your tickets. And I was like, well, you know, not, he seemed like a nice guy, you know, whatever. He was like, the, he ran the label. And he was cool and he was I never hit him up for anything, but every time Universal South had a new artist or they had some sort of strange thing where somebody couldn't make a gig, they called me. Mm. That's awesome. And I, I, I played I mean so like every I never got to I never got to work with Joe Nichols, but I remember him calling me one time, he said we can't find Ron Ganaway. Ron went to Ron went to uh, France to get married. Right? Wow! And this is pre. This is pre Facebook. MySpace. Uh, yeah, MySpace yeah, was around, but you know, but it was. It didn't help. Wi Fi. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Ron was in an area with no Wi Fi. So wow. uh, they were like, he he just called me. He goes, hey man, um, Joe Joe may need you to go uh, play drums with this weekend. And I was like, thanks man. I, I appreciate like I, I appreciate that guy like always calling me and then like mm-hmm. National Star mm-hmm. that's how I got the National Star thing mm-hmm. he was he put me in for that I mean just and uh, even the Roddy Crow thing mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he vouched for me on that gig and yeah. I and I, ca- I called him about that when I when I knew that it was a possibility I was like hey man like you know you know years ago you said <laughs> I need <anything." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say another funny story about him in a second, but uh, but you know he he did he called Rodney and said hey man this is this is a good dude to have, but I remember one time I called him up because I was broke and shit, <laughs> so broke, and I, and I'm still dumb, you know I'm still, I'm still I don't I know nothing about <laughs> record labels I know nothing about offices you know only thing I know is like Capitol Records they have their own big building and all these you know you drive out and you know you know Universal South was a small small label and I remember I called him up and I was like hey man like so this drumming thing is kind of weird not really working a whole lot uh, are you guys hiring janitors by any chance mm-hmm. wow. and he just goes no <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what's up man and he's like well man you know, I'm not working blah, blah, blah. and he's like well dude here's the deal he goes Longhorns was still around you guys remember Longhorns that was mm-hmm. all yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes we have an account at Longhorns just go there and eat there he goes, if you're hungry, you go still eat there. What? I'll tell him, he goes, I'll put your name on, on our account. Wow. That's 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 awesome. Awesome. It was super cool. I got fat. I'm going to a real skinny guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But anyway, we're saying that what, what I was really getting to was that being around and seeing the progression of, of the music and seeing people become more open to not mm-hmm. not just having you know black guys, but having the influence of urban music, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 in general, yeah, and, and, and and you know obviously that starts with the writers, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's consumers, you know, like one of the weirdest things in the world is seeing uh, Colt Ford, you know, who actually grew up around, mm-hmm. and then also it's weird to see you know Cowboy Troy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But those dudes are doing something that, and they were doing it, especially Troy. He was doing it pre being cool was having bringing urban music into this country thing mm-hmm. and it really you know people were seek were, were like closet urban you know hip-hop fans oh yeah you know what i mean like and they didn't oh, you know exactly. like you know like yeah exactly and it's like and so it's nice to see that influence that those guys have kind of had to open it up for people to know where you have i mean that you know that Jason Aldean tune, which mm-hmm. you know was written by Colt Ford, but right. that was a straight up rap song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Road Anthem. You know what I mean? Like oh, that was yeah. you know the okay. straight up yeah. rap tune mm-hmm. that was huge. I mean, it, it's really still, it's a huge song. It's really big. Yeah. You know, and so seeing that the evolution of, of music and, and seeing that once people became open to things and people start taking chances, you know what I mean? Like having hip hop, as they call it, <laughs> having. <laughs> You know, having Colt Ford's wow. thing, having you know, and then, and then people embracing it, and then like you know, even in LA, there's some there's some country right now that's like straight up like R and B, you know what I mean? There's some oh, yeah. straight oh, yeah. up hip hop, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then oh, yeah. oh, and, 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 it's, and it's, yeah, rock, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, if, and if you mm-hmm. really go back to like Kanye Twitty, I'm not Kanye Twitty. Kanye Twitty. Kanye Twitty. Twitty. <laughs> and you go back to that is a new act right there. Kanye Twitty. Kanye Twitty. You know, when you go back to you know Conway Twitty, straight up R&B, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, like, that's, you know, yeah. straight up, straight up yeah. R&B. I, I think it'd be super cool, because I, I know Keo's personally helped me out a ton with this, but if we talked about technically um, some things that a lot of cats might not know if they're not, like, kind of in the circle... Cause it, like as far as tones mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. to learning songs, because it's a yes. lot different. You mean within this? Mean within this context? Yes. Yeah. Because because yeah. we have listeners from all over the country yeah. and the world actually that are interested, and in, especially when I'm hosting because of my connection with Nashville, they're wondering what's going on here in this town right. and the buzz mm-hmm. that it's had in the last few years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So please like, speak to that. Like, man, like, I mean, I'm start, but. I would love to hear you guys' opinions. Just have to take a moment and do it. But uh, personally, man, like I've noticed, like the older I'm getting, and the, and the more I'm in the culture, and this is like a writer-driven town. Everything mm-hmm. is about playing for the song. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I mean, it's fun to like watch guys on YouTube and like they tune you tune drums away to make them crack, and it's attractive to watch. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Playing drums for songs is not just about, oh, man, just play the pocket. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, playing longer tones so they, mm-hmm. you know, they fit. The way that you swing your hi-hats mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. so that it captures the energy mm-hmm. of the guitar going, you know what I mean? And, like, I'll have conversation. I've had a conversation with Keo about, like, eighth note swing on a hi-hat for hours. Like, this is a normal thing. That's, like, a part of the culture. So... Uh, I, I know when I was younger, someone would have told me like, "Hey, man, <clears throat> play with records and be able to like, you know, maneuver your feel and be yes. able to sit in that mm-hmm. same pocket exactly. yeah. mm-hmm. and nail that groove." Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's about. With a messed up knee at the same. Yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about that. As opposed to maybe you know, 
you know, working around a kit. You know, like the cool thing about Jerry, like this, I'm telling you, man, you got to go look at this dude play drums. Yeah, man. Because he'll put a blindfold. He's not looking, and it's ridiculous. But, <laughs> but, but when he sits in a pocket, it's not missing anything. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like Ooh. he's still capturing. The, the energy because he doesn't just listen to one thing. You can mm-hmm. tell like, oh, okay, he's got he listens to rock music and he has an understanding. And Derek too and Marcus too, man. It's like, um, I, I mean, that's what I look for. Like that's how I gain chops. I'm like watching and I'm like, okay, how, they're capturing the energy right now. And it's mm-hmm. and it's because it's not as simple as like, oh, it's country music. It's really simple. Just mm-hmm. play the part. Right. Right. Doom, got, sure. doom, doom, got. Yeah, that's fine. But it's ten dudes in the hallway and everybody's auditioning. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So like now when you come in and play doom, got, doom, doom, got, and then hit that diamond at the end of the bridge, why should you get hired? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's like locking in, man. It's like you know, it's like before the click, there was the acoustic guitar. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hi hat, yeah. like, so your right hand, and then the right hand of the mm-hmm. guitar player, be it the singer, mm-hmm. yeah. or, or, or you know, if you're doing a session, those things have. They, that's very important. That's where your vibe comes from. Totally. And then everything else is built. <clears throat> Eddie yeah. Barris talks about that on yeah. one of your one of the podcasts. Yeah, about it's locking like, in. Yeah. With the uh, with the, the timbre mm-hmm. is so close. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. yeah. When it's not yeah. just, it, it, yeah. it can get really you know, messy. And then and then it goes from there. You know, it's like it goes from that, and then you have the bass, right? You know, so like, so just think think about like the origin of the music, right? Started with a guitar, right? Singer songwriter, right? And then the next thing they added was probably a, maybe a banjo or maybe a bass guitar, you know. So then the next important thing is the bass. You know what I mean? So you have those two things mm-hmm. happening. And then the next thing is the backbeat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then that's, you know, it's not just a third best, you know, important thing, but think about building a groove. You're going, you know, if they're doing a thing and then you're doing a thing and then the bass comes in, you got locked in with the bass mm-hmm. and then the snare will lock everybody else in because they'll be hearing, like, listen for the acoustic guitar and the snare drum going two and four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the side stick is also very important because yeah, the way the vocals. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Oh. And it's like it's and you know, those things are, you know, that's just building a groove and then building within playing with a band also. And then, you know, and now we have loops, you know, so mm-hmm. and, 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 mm-hmm. and so now that's the new thing, you know, mm-hmm. is everybody's got you got that, so you gotta lock into that now. Mm-hmm. But you still gotta make it feel good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space. It's more yeah. than just well, Jeremy. Space. What were you gonna say about that? I, well, I was gonna elaborate on that uh, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's about space. Wait, when you got stuff that's track driven like that, and then uh, you know, I've, I've, I've ran into some people like, well, it's just like a lot of stuff in the track. Mm-hmm. You know, like. So you know, I mean, so you, you gotta figure. You have to figure it out. Like, okay, um, I need to lay down this groove, but you know, it's, it's no need for me to play thirty second notes on hi hat. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's no need for me to play that. And so I just like I leave it there. Mm-hmm. Leave it there. Leave it simple. Quarter mm-hmm. note. Or, or if it just like if it's if it's some other stuff like uh, um, a little ambiance going on in the background, whatever case is, and it's a certain part of the song, I'm hoping a hi hat, but right, it's still right. gonna be quarters, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's about giving it that space, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Right, right. And if it, if you do something different, you know, you know, maybe 
uh, and or you mm-hmm. on the kick drum. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but other than that, you still have have the same group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremy is making a really good point because, yes. like, the whole space thing. Mm-hmm. We a lot of time as drummers. We play for each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and which piggybacks yeah. off of what Hubert is saying, play the song. The times, uh, and Keo has done this too, the times we've worked in the studio with Kev Mo, Kev is a huge Oh, dude's a stickler. Mm-hmm. Man. Because, yeah. uh, like, I mean, it's a couple different points. I mean, sound, um, groove, and the song. He, his motto is, don't step on the money. <laughs> don't step on the money. Exactly. Um, in other words, if you're listening to the melody, whether it's instrumental or vocal, because mm-hmm. sometimes in jazz we we think that oh I can get away with anything. It's like eh, mm-hmm. yes and no. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but like, don't step on the melody. It's like if the melody is happening, why do you feel the need to right? <laughs> like yeah, we're, we're accompanists. Yeah, yeah should be accompanying. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so like your your pattern, uh, going back to like a backbeat groove, your pattern should not interfere with the melody. So it takes it requires a lot of listening intently mm-hmm. yeah. to what's happening. And then when you go and listen to your favorite recordings. Mm. Um, and you mm. and you play along with them. Listen to the hi hat pattern, mm-hmm. and listen to the kick pattern, and listen to the repetition of it, and listen to what kick pattern is used in a verse, pre-chorus, exactly. chorus, bridge, exactly. vamp. It's, it's like or the, or, the, or the second verse, the second yeah. verse, or, yeah. or the like, last or chorus, s- sidestep or snare, like yeah. Nightfly, uh, Donald Fagan. <clears throat> listen to um, when you listen to Jeff Picaro's kick pattern. Mm. Uh, in half of the verse and then the other half of the verse, he goes opposite what the bass is doing. Wow. And when we did one of those loud jams a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, that was a song that was that I learned and man, that thing like completely spun my head backwards because a lot of times, even with some of my students, they hear the bass part and they just automatically go with that mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. realizing mm-hmm. that the kick pattern is not doing that all the yeah, time. The kick right. pattern may be just doing one and three while the bass player is pushing, pushing here and there. Yep. And the hi-hat pattern is not random 16th, like, dick, 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 dick. it's not mm-hmm. random when it's happening. And Kev, like, you know, again, mm-hmm. he really schooled me on that. Um, like, wow. he would come out and... He would say, all right, play this pattern. He would sing it to me, and I would play it. And then he would go in the booth, start the track, listen, eight bars, come back out, say, no, 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 I don't like that. Uh, let's do this. And then <laughs> and if you're not careful, man, you'll think yeah, that you can't play drums. Oh, yeah. yeah right. I love this house that way. I love this house that I just, I just, I was, a, <laughs> I, was I was there. I thought I knew it. You, know, you feel like you feel like that you know that church member was a deacon or a choir member and said like, hey you play drums no what well, you do today he's like uh, okay oh, yeah. <laughs> but 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 Kev it, like he's very spe- and I have a and I'm going out with yeah I'm going on tour yeah no apparently he's he's even he's told me he's like you know I'm gonna be on my best behavior it's Taj that that you gonna have to oh, so I'm like sweating like crazy but, but but the the point is is like um, that's like pattern and groove don't step on the song and then as you were saying Hubert tone long tone short tone mm-hmm. like 
Duration of notes, man. Duration of notes. Like, um, if it's a faster song, why would you have a tom that lasts, sustains for five seconds? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because... Like we're we're all, we're almost in the bridge, and your time is still sustained. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and granted, I love long sustains because I can fix that. Yeah, I don't like drums that choke, but like yeah. you yeah. can you can moon gel or whatever gaff. Um, and you can do that in the studio, but you can in, do live in live situation, that. live situation, you just kind of default to like kind of yeah. dampening. At least for me, yeah. um, to dampen what you can, particularly on the bottom head, but also getting out some overtones on the top. If you can tune it out, great. But um, but it saves a sound engineer from having to gate, uh, especially if you're oh, playing dynamic. Oh, I know. Dynamically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're playing like if you're power driving, then it doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. 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 But the snare tone, like, is your snare is it sitting in the way of where the vocal. Mm. Timber is yeah. uh, mm. is it sitting in the way of another another <laughs> is it sitting in the way of another constant uh, or your kick right, drum is your exactly. kick drum tuned in a way where yeah. it's that it's pitch is fighting another pitch the bass yeah. Yeah. yeah and and then even your feels man like mm -hmm. the gig I did over the weekend yeah. with Kurt actually um, you know I was trying to be really intent on changing how I'm approaching all of this stuff and. Mm. Um, and so I'm listening to the guitar. We got two keyboard players on, on that gig this weekend. Um, and we had two different bass players, two different nights. And the way the second bass player played was way different than our normal guy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it forced me to like change my direction because he, he was a little more, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but he was busier um, on, in what he was playing. So mm -hmm. I had to literally adjust certain kick patterns like where I would just drop one <laughs> and maybe just one I got the one you got the rest and you know sometimes you can you can kind of anticipate you know that that uh, a friend of mine um, calls them happy jacks. You can you happy you can jacks. you can anticipate oh when gosh. a happy jack is going to like do a fill. So you yeah. so you're like you just leave it yes, later. for him yes, or for her yeah. like go ahead yeah, or weird. or or you're listening to the ends of phrases mm. in, in a song vocally. Yeah, are they singing a pickup into the next part? Yep. Yeah. So if stay away. Sing, if they're singing a pickup, do you feel? Or mm. what kind of feel do you do? Right, is it right. is it is it something like a Ricky Lawson feel like mm. on "I Will Always Love You" mm. right before she does that modulation? He just boom. That's all you need. Greatest feel ever. So so those things um, uh, really, and, and, and you can only really learn that stuff both from experience and. Definitely by listening, right. because yeah. the listening, the, listen, the yeah. listening piece Dude. is like no, no, this, no. this is your most important yeah, instrument, yeah. your ear. Mm -hmm. and, and I've told Same my word, students right. this: you can have, and then you can also have all of the music knowledge in the world, but if you don't have wisdom um, to know when to where to where to exactly. apply, and yeah. and so you think of your hands as the knowledge, because that's all your chops right there, mm -hmm. yeah. your your knowledge. But your ear is your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so when you let your ear tell, when you let your ear dictate when you use your knowledge, yes. mm -hmm. that's, so good. that's, that's, you that's know, so good. that's kind of like what, what, it, what it's all about. You know? yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'd be cool to share, man. I know 
like I've, I've heard Marcus probably tell me that when I was younger. And I'm like, all right, okay, now what? And I think where I would get stuck a lot of times is like, well, if I haven't been listening to like, say, country music or a lot of singer-songwriter stuff, like what guys can I go back and listen to that are applicable to what I'm doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's super important. And and it's it, not always country. Right. It's not always country. It's just it's like finding the right street of like, okay, this is giving me something that I can use right now. And it's making me excited about it. Because, I mean, if you can work to find stuff you're excited about, like I always talk about, I'm excited about Aaron Sterling. Mm. Because mm. me living here in Nashville is <laughs> a fool. Like, when I'm sitting in the studio <laughs> with, with LBT and, they, and they'll bring in like, you know, just singer-songwriter demos. It's like guitar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and immediately like the the grooves that come in my head are probably something I heard Aaron play, mm-hmm. or yeah. you know mm-hmm. Steve Jordan, and those mm-hmm. are typical guys. But I would love to hear you know what what your what can you know what makes your guys' toolbox you know that mm-hmm. for applicable chops. You know what I mean? Yeah, Not, yeah. Or for, one, for, for working in Nashville, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I mean, I remember talking to my student about this for a while, but I'm talking about the economy of notes and like knowing kind of I mean. Finny pretty much alluded to it, but like knowing, okay, if if the if the guitar's playing, you don't need to go. It's a happy jack. Exactly. Yeah, the grid has already been laid, so that's what I'm saying. So if I'm if I'm my groove is there, my fill. Eighth notes. Yeah. Not to go to go to go. Uh-uh. Right. Crap the eighth notes. Exactly. So if the grid is eighth notes, I'm on eighth notes. Yeah, that's good. If if the grid is 60 notes, then I can go 60 notes. I'll do eighth notes. And then I can do 60 notes. And there's always exceptions. Like, I was, that's funny. When you said Picaro, it made me think of the Purdy Shuffle. Mm -hmm. Where, like, all those grooves you play on, everything's wide open. Mm -hmm. But the music allows for that. Oh, right. Allows for that. So right. sometimes you have exceptions where you're allowed to fill in Rosanna. I mean, the list goes on. Where you're allowed to fill up that space, where it's required of the drummer to be you now become part of the harmony, basically. Right. But yeah. if the guitar is going to, 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 to no, then it's yeah. But those songs typically sometimes are built on the drum. Right. So so like those are different exceptions as well. Absolutely. That's a great that's a great point, Marcus, because most of the songs that even recently that I've recorded. It's not like, hey man, play a dope drum groove. We're gonna write to it, right? Right. And in Nashville, they're getting writer sessions, and exactly. it's a guitar or a piano, mm-hmm. and people write it again. Right. It starts that. there, starts yeah. so and it has to remain there, yeah. Even yeah. after you've already played. And, 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 and like, <laughs> once you look at the guys, like just even from a business perspective, I want to know who are the guys getting the calls to record all the time. Mm-hmm. So I look at those guys, and I'm like, well, what's special? Like, where, where's the beauty? And like when I look at Nick Buddha. He always has something to cool to say in eighth notes. Mm-hmm. His feel is great, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in eighth notes, he had near mm. near has something yep. cool to say in every subdivision, and he does whatever he wants because yeah. he's near. But, <laughs> but like you know, Chris, they all, McHugh, they always play like Rick the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Morrow, yeah. Yeah. they play yeah. the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Great feel, but when they phrase, it's never too much, and it's mm-hmm. it's most time it's crafty eighth note, eighth notes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. You know, it's the thing yeah. about that space, man. Like, you know, I, I say it all the time. It's one. Well, I, I tell people this all the time when I get laughed at. Like, it's one of the hardest lessons I learned when I was younger. Um, I had a chance to play like uh, this big guy around our town. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knew him. That's like Skip Pearson, like jazz ambassador, like the, the music guru, basically. And um, 
Man, I, I learned so much from that one gig, like just being on that gig. I got the happy feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I'm on this gig, whatever the case is, and everybody out there, you know, I was, you know, laying in there at first, and then it's like, you know, you get excited, mm -hmm. and I'm young, and, you know, there's this part coming up in the song, and I'm just. <laughs> you know, and he looked back and was playing his horn, and I was like, oh, he loved that. All right. I was just amazed at that. I was like, y'all saw it. I know y'all saw it. So, I mean, but at the end of the song, he came back there to me. He was like, hey, man, that was, that was pretty good. And I was like, Thank you. He's like, that's the best thing you'll never play again. <laughs> that's the best oh, thing you'll never play again. That's, that's that a great amazing. advice. Yeah, that's 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 for the rest of the gig, I was just like, hot. Yeah. I, I kept it simple, man. That's, that's it, man. You know, yeah. that's, we got to kiss. Learn how to kiss. That's true. Learn how to kiss. Yeah, I know. I grew up playing, you know, like dance music. Like, I played in my mm. dance, like R&B bands. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the whole deal was that people are wanting to dance. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's my approach into what I do now. I mean, especially with the B&R gig, it's like, it's all, it's dance music. It's four on the floor, two and four. No yeah. one cares about anything exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the only thing John and Kenny want is me to drive Drop. drums right up their ass. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and that's just it. Yeah. I mean, and, and even like, even this like studio stuff that I've done, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, you can you can get a little musical with it and be be a little fun, like you know, Rodney stuff and yeah. some of the stuff they with Kev. But for the most part, it's just, it's wanting people to feel something. You know, you yeah. want people to feel what you're feeling. Yeah, you he know? laid it down too. Yeah. By the way, yeah. last week both of these I, I, dudes laid it down. I would love, I would love. I'm being selfish right now, but I would love to hear <laughs> Keo talk more about. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to play a groove. It's another thing to drive the band. Yeah. And this is not mm -hmm. applicable in every situation. Yeah. But, like, on Jeremy's gig, you, that's what the gig is. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just like, oh, it's just this is the beat. Doom, mm -hmm. doom. It's like, like, mm -hmm. Keo plays with, like, a wheel. It's an energy. It's an energy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a moving air. It's a force. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Like, it's not a volume. Yeah. It's, it's just like moving a air. hurting cats. Right, so, uh, dude, uh, dude, you and me both, bro. Uh, you gotta speak, bro. Uh, Not just your group, but as a thing is, you know, I think as a as a drummer, you have you have all these different. You have you know four limbs, right? And you're able to place them anywhere you can, right? Mm -hmm. So, and a couple things can happen. The ba the band will eventually play to you, or you'll eventually play to the band, and then slowly get them to play to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, example, you're <laughs> Hebert's gig. I I did that gig for a hot second, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I, honestly, it was my own fault that I'm not there anymore. Uh, but I did that. I you know I did that gig, and one of the things for me from coming from playing Rodney Crowell was he's a singer songwriter, yeah. right? So he is. He is the groove. Yeah. I'm not the yeah. groove. He's the groove. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would go, I would go with him, and we had, you know, and great players on that gig. You know, it was Michael Rhodes. You had, you know, Jim uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kimbrough. You had, you also had Jim Hughes. You know, all these, yeah. you know, all yeah, these right, great guys. Right, right. In a yeah. band, but everybody kind of felt things a little differently, you know. Yeah. And then there was me, you know, <laughs> weird guy that shouldn't have been there. But anyway, but <laughs> as we're playing, you know, like my my right hand would go with Rodney. You know, to get comfortable. And then I would find my kick drum kind of going with Michael a little bit. 
you know, and then I would find the snare drum basically kind of sitting somewhere between the two guitar players, right? Which made for kind of a weird thing, but my ears, and so I, and, and, cause I would start a certain way, and then I would kind of adjust my groove hmm. to go with those guys to where we're locking in, they hear me, and then I would bring it back to being to where I was, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that was one yeah. of the things that oh, I did on that, that gig that was... Not really accepted, but it's fine. <laughs> because because that's what I knew. That's you know I didn't you know they they wanted a certain they wanted a certain thing and I and I wasn't doing that. And but you know when so and the and to me like the vocal is key. You know what I mean so like the vocal like like even on the on the big earth gig like if John and Kenny are rushing, I go with them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to click off, I go with them. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. we get to that point where everybody when I feel like everybody's listening and we're comfortable and we need to get back to that get back to that space. Mm-hmm. You bring it back, yeah. And then you hit the click, and if you're on, it stays on. And if you don't, you just keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, mean? yeah, exactly. every, I think every situation has its own personality. I mean, it does. Right. Every gig, you're going to have to like know: Do they want me to drive the bus? Do mm-hmm. they need me to stay on? Are they going to come yeah. to me? Do yeah. I? Yeah. Shut the click off, and yeah. the guy that writes the check, I follow. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yes. So how do you yeah. make those adjustments? Yeah. And it's, you have to be that chameleon. Yeah. yeah. And then doing, you know, and doing that, you know, it's like. It's all about the groove because you got to make it. You got to make it feel good. No matter what you do, you got to make it feel good. If you're chasing people around, which you know, because in my opinion, there's nothing worse than hearing music fight. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, cause there's, no, there's, there's really the only reason why music fights. Two reasons: one, you're horrible, then two, your ego. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm playing a song with some guys and they are obviously wrong, and I'm right. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if I'm playing some, if I'm doing something, and the, and say the singer jumps a beat, then you know, like it's like seeing Willie Nelson play. As a <laughs> band, we got to we got to jump with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't make that person like a fool. You know right. what I mean? You got to go out and do it. And so, and then while doing that, you got to play the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nice. So it's like because I think well, I think what people forget about a whole thing is that. Especially like we're talking about the YouTube drums and stuff like that. Real life experience is so important no because question. anybody can learn a song, <clears throat> but there's only about maybe 400 drummers I know that can learn a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 400 drummers sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. not in this world. No, right? No, true. Man, that's good at all, bro. That's good, man. That's all. It's interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm done. Not now. But yeah, that's funny because when you said. I think our gigs are very similar because oh, yeah. with Hank, I don't have a click. There's no loose <laughs> for obvious reasons. And so my and, and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because when I first got the gig and at rehearsal, we rehearsed for three days. Hank didn't show up at all, and we would finish the song, and the band would say, "Man, that sounds great." But you know, it's going to be different when Hank shows oh, up. Oh yeah. After every song, and they were right, and I was like, and it took me about six months to kind of figure it out mm-hmm. because because again, my first instinct was to acquiesce to Hank and they follow follow Hank. But my job is not to follow Hank. My job is to let Hank look like he's leading and then translate that to the rest of the band. That's my real job. So I let Hank lead. So when he's on guitar, he starts a lot of songs. He puts it where he wants it. And then I go with him. But then I, I settle the groove where it's supposed to be and then trans, translate that to the rest mm-hmm. of the band. Mm-hmm. So that, so, it's, so it took me a little while to figure that all out. But I, I feel like I finally got to a place where I... I, I 
I can I can execute that mm-hmm. pretty regularly. And sometimes sometimes it's different, especially with Hank, because every night is a different night. Because like sometimes we'll he'll he'll get on guitar and he'll start like walk this way, and we'll start playing walk this way. It might last five seconds, it might last five minutes. He might sing a verse, he might pass solos around, not say a word. Yeah. So, but it's and so and that's the other thing they said you have to be able to read his mind. I was like, how am I going to read this dude's mind? And so that's the thing. I read, I read his body movement. I, I, mm-hmm. I take in what his attitude was before he got on stage. Mm-hmm. Was he in a good mood? Was he in a bad mood? Yeah. Are there pretty women in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> you know, did he go hunting earlier that day? Like, all that, all that <laughs> stuff matters, man. man. Plays yeah. part. Yeah. 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 So, so then I know, so I can gauge. Yeah. Uh, so I'm constantly. Kind of following him around and, and monitoring. Okay, where is he at? Right, is the sound? If the sound is whack, okay, and he's gonna he might rush a little more. Yeah, you know, little stuff like that. Guys, got to take inventory about what's happening in real time in the moment, and then again translate that and then give that to the rest hey, of the. I guys. think that's um, it, it can be tough, especially trying to learn the artist. Like you know, yeah, like, yeah. You, like you go back say you hunt or whatever the case is. In right. my situation, it's football. Right. Yeah, it's team ball song. You just don't, you know what I mean? Right. So I already know there's going to be some, a little bit of aggression on the stage. <laughs> Something going to happen, or that one person out there that really didn't know his song wasn't saying it. There's going to be some aggression. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's just like you just got to be able to read them. And, yes. and, and that's the hard thing to do is uh, trying to read them. And, you know, he might feel like doing this song. He might feel, might feel like doing this song, yeah. and then it might be at the end of this song. He tell you to skip three songs down. Yeah, like, you know, right. Like oh, you yeah. gotta be like, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you gotta exactly. do to, to get there. So it's, it's about pan, like paying attention, right. listening, mm-hmm. and it's about you know it's really silly it's when you go because I'm a weird heady dude like that. Knowing their influences, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that yeah. helps That's you know, it helps you know where to go. From. And yeah. it's like, yeah. and really with cool. this whole thing that we're talking about, we're all like from different, you know. Uh, parts of the world and you know all that fun stuff and it's it's funny because like you you may not you know Hubert may not have known a Merle Haggard song or you may not have known even a Hank Jr. song at mm-hmm. some point in time you know what I mean or, right. or whatever you know mm-hmm. whatever songs you know whoever and it's funny to be able to get into that headspace and learn how like you know learning what their influences are will help you on your gig mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I would go, you know, I would be mad at myself if I didn't mention this. Uh, the benefit to all of these things that this is so fun for me to hear, like different perspectives from different drummers, you know, that are killer players but are also killer dudes as people. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids at this table we, that are getting fed in Nashville. True, because we all playing, have a lot of babies playing, <laughs> playing, playing music that we may <laughs> not have, you know. But playing music that we may not have known about growing up yeah. and being open to a certain culture and then taking responsibility and not reacting a certain way when mm-hmm. you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Like, there are benefits, like, man, like crazy benefits. Like, I, I'm super blessed to take care of my family. I got a ton of kids. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, and, and my wife. But, but yeah, man, I, I think it's important to mention that, like, the cool thing about Nashville is the way that we tour here most of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a, a lot of weekends. We don't go out for like months at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's conducive to having a family. Like I know Derry has a family, and he's married, wife, and Marcus is is married, and kids, and like it can't happen, you know, True. if you have like a bigger picture mindset and you're okay with like being around people who don't look like you and and and, exactly. and taking mm-hmm. things in and being more receptive mm-hmm. and listening mm-hmm. and and like growing and not publishing not publishing yourself is like. 
I worked on music up until like 20, and now I'm about to assault the world. <laughs> no, right. No, yeah. like, right. Like, it's a learning curve, and it's okay. Like, call mm-hmm. your buddies, like, iron sharpens iron. And when you grow, you get more opportunities, and like, and you can make things happen, and the door is open. It is not. It's not easy, but the door is is open. You feel like the door is open more now than it was ten years ago. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Okay. no doubt. I mean, so, just look at this. Look at the right. population of uh, <laughs> you know African American drummers. Um, and that's what I'm going back. About. Going back to like J D. Blair. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, Chuck. The first mm. guy, one of the first two is a guy named Bobby Daniels. Nobody talks about him because he killed his wife. Morbid. He was he played drums for uh, uh, Kenny Rogers. Mm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he just kind of snapped. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I moved to town, uh, JD had the had the had the hot gig. Right. You know, and he had, he had several hot gigs. He did right. love it. Tonight, you know, tonight, yeah, tonight, I mean, and so tonight. and I, you know, and I reached, you know, I reached out to him many years ago. And I met him in high school, and he was totally cool. A uh, big part part of why I'm here. Uh, him, then you had Chuck Fields that plays with Terry Clark. Uh, he, was, oh, right. you know, he was a he was a big dude. Chuck. And then Myron, who's will show up in about two hours. Myron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meyer, Meyer and I both kind of sort of. I mean, I, you know, he was he he had the Jake gig, and I was into a bunch of different things. And he, he you know, he, he's been with Jake for ages uh, now. And he was kind of one of the guys happening. And then I remember Niyoshi had the uh, Eric Hadley gig, Trent Thompson, yeah. you know. And then, but you know, I remember one of my first gigs. And, Excuse the language, but it's funny, real funny story. You already been cussing when you You already been cussing. Can you believe that? I just don't know Explicit no. on the side. <laughs> they all go on there. They all go on there. Anyway, you should have seen the last time. Hey, man. That should be real. That's what I did with him. Uh, but you know, I oh, this, we, we played the yeah. Myrtle, we played Myrtle Beach at this place called the Beach Wagon, right? Oh, wow. And uh, you know, it's what you know what it is. I'm 21, I think, I guess at the time. And I finished playing a gig, and this lady comes to me and she says, "You guys are awesome." I was like, "Thank you." And she's holding my hand. She's probably eh, four, 45, 46. Uh, and uh, she's like, "Me and my friends just wondering, what's your nationality?" And I said, "Oh, this is great. I'm German, Irish, Indian, and black." She goes, "I thought you were a nigger." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. And I said, the end, Bob. I go, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, and she went on, on and on, on. And then Nigeria. She, but she was being actually, <laughs> she was being really sweet. I know it sounds really dumb, right? No. She was just, she just, that was just the worst. She didn't know better. She didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I mean? And so, it, and that's, you know, 16 years ago now, so, right? Yeah. And I could have been pissed. Oh, that long ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And you know, it was funny because in the nineties. Yeah. So the you know the funny thing about it was like you know I totally could have been pissed about it. You know I could have hit her in the face or you know got the thing about it. But I just said ah thanks and I really appreciate it. And then she pawned me off on her daughter. Um, It was a whole other story. She was like, there's a there's a long term game. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know I gained something. But you know what? I guess what I'm saying with it is that is it. Uh, the fans, as well as people that hire you, are being more accepted to what's happening with with you know the genre growing uh, within people. You know, what I mean, having you know black guys play drums, right. like bass players, yeah, uh, yeah. black guitar player Tyrone, right, yeah, yeah. 
Uno. Akil. Yeah. Yeah. Akil. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Akil. That's right. Forget about him. A little big time now. That's right. So you know, it's like you have you have that where people are more acceptable to it. Uh, people are actually seeing talent for talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even, mm-hmm. you know, even it goes as far as being skinny and fat. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, not, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, I know it's funny. Mm-hmm. That table looks Muslim. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was spread on TV and I see it's not the yeah. table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pound for pound, pound me and Darren are way better than you guys. Uh, and we weigh the same as the three of you. You know what? Maybe we need to have a different round table. <laughs> round table with a lazy Susan. Hey, Sherry, you guys don't want those brownies? <laughs> So where do you go to find a treasure trove of information about vintage drums, custom drums, and legendary drummers? NotSoModernDrummer.com Since 1988, NotSoModernDrummer is an institution dedicated to researching and documenting the history of modern drums, the art of drum building, and the legendary drummers who play them. The writers and contributors are some of the top vintage and custom drum experts from around the world. Not So Modern Drummer serves as an online gathering place and marketplace for the worldwide community of drummers who buy and sell, collect, preserve, and play these instruments. It also hosts drum-related events that are attended by drummers from all over the world. This website is easy and fun to explore, and the monthly digital magazine subscription is free. So check out NotSoModernDrummer.com. I moved here in 99 um, uh, to go to MTSU, and... Uh, it's funny, like even like when I got to MTSU, coming from Memphis, I went to, at, at, ironic as it sounds, I mean the school, that, the high school and junior high school that I went to was extremely diverse, yeah. and I didn't grow up in the black neighborhood, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, in, in, in Memphis. So my experience in Memphis is what you would think it would be like in California mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or, yeah. or up in the north, because. I, my school was literally 50-50 diverse. It was perform, performing arts junior high where you had to audition and you had to maintain a certain GPA. Same thing with high school. You had to audition and maintain a certain GPA. And there was a camaraderie of like, you know, uh, 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 of challenging each other and, and um, healthy competition. And um, half, the line, half the drum line was black, half was white, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, but nobody... Care. And matter of fact, we joked about stuff like that because it was kind of like, yeah, we know this is like a hot topic, but that's why it's funny because it's yeah. a hot topic because we are kind of like cut off to like the um, the harshness or the um, how rude maybe it, it's perceived. And then I get to MTSU and I'm on a drum line and it's only three of us, uh, three of us, I should say, black, three black drummers. Um, and I'm on snare. Now, I'm the only black snare drummer out of nine or 11 of us. It was an odd number. And because I played drum set more than yeah. drum line, some of my rudiments would swing. Yeah. And I didn't, but I didn't know it. Yeah. And so they would be like, man, stop swinging. You're swinging your, you know, your flam taps or whatever. Mm. I'm not swinging, I'm not swinging. So I didn't What's get- What's a flam tap? Right. <laughs> Right. Because again, in high school, 
we all play kind of the same. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. I get to this I get to this particular line and most of us were actually freshmen when I got there and some of a lot of those guys came from the same high school. So I'm the oddball out. And so I kind of got a little bit of grief and then uh, during band camp. And then once we got access to the practice room, the drum set practice room, I would go in there and that was kind of my outlet. Mm-hmm. For, for being frustrated, the same room that you teach out of. <laughs> right? You, right? I think they may still have my Pisces 400. Yes, they do. I, symbols there. I beat on X, I'm too lazy to bring my own symbols. Yeah, but I, 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 I love them there, man. But, you know, I don't want these anymore. But anyway, um, I would go in there and I would vent. And I had a C, you remember CD players? Oh, yeah. I, I had a CD player of uh, Dave Michael's Synergy record. Yeah. And, and yeah. I would literally shed to that just to like get it out and like. And I remember, um, I felt like somebody was looking at me, and it had like a narrow window right, 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 in the right. door. Yeah. And I'm playing, and I look, and I see a head kind of peeping in there. And so I was like, whatever. Kept playing, I look, and it's like a set of eyes, another set of eyes. <laughs> Still playing. I kid you not, when I turned around, there were five guys from the from the drum line standing. They opened, they came in. <laughs> yeah, I didn't right. know it and, it, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But suddenly it was like, now I have respect. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they heard what I was doing on the kit. Yeah. And and so, fast forward, you know, I, I, I would go down <coughs> to Third and Lindsley and I would try to sit in. And mm-hmm. I remember um, asking one of the guys who shall remain nameless, um, <laughs> if I could sit in. And he said, well, you know, maybe maybe, maybe next time. I was like, okay, cool. Next week and went down there. Now, granted, I'm driving from Murfreesboro mm-hmm. as a freshman with, with no money. Yeah. <laughs> and with an afro. An afro. Yeah, yeah, I had an afro. Yes. Well, a short, short afro. Yes. Um, the tent. I'm in fro. But... Um, Finally, I, I was playing a gig there at Third Lindsay with another guy, and Joe Wooten and Reggie happened to be there. Yeah. And um, they said, man, you know, you sound good, man. You should come sit in sometime. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Granted, I've been asking right, a couple man, of weeks. <laughs> so so then I, so I sit in, and Reggie, you know, he lets you solo for yeah. 30 minutes. I'm yeah. not even kidding when I say 30 yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. leave the stage. Yeah. And so the next couple of weeks, I sat in playing uh, Red, um, Red Baron. And uh, Raymond Massey was playing drums. And so the reputation that the Wooten Brothers has, if you go there, that's like career assassination. You know, you play all these child's people, just write you off as that. But for me, I was like, nobody else is calling me. So this is, you know, and, 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 I, didn't know, and I didn't know the avenue to get into another thing. It's like, mm-hmm. this was like an open invitation come mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. you know other situations were like almost invitation only type right, of right. like you know uh and and this and that's kind of where my head was at too as far as like i want to like get stuff out i want to exercise these chops and whatever and uh this lady came up after a gig one time playing there she said almost the same thing she said to you mm-hmm. she said wow she was drunk um, she said, wow, you know, I, I didn't know black guys could play drums like that. I knew white guys could, but wow, I just, oh, yeah. you're amazing. Mm. And Joe, Joe was packing down his keyboard, and he just kind of said out the corner, and he said, where do you think drums came from? 
but but you know she she didn't hear it but but I heard it and I kind of chuckled because I, and and I was more kind of shocked and offended and it kind of made me chuckle a little bit yeah. in a sense because again I'm coming from Memphis where a lot of people not black think that Memphis is really racist. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't experience racism in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I, I'll put an ellipsis back. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, now, now, like, you know, I didn't want to, I also didn't want to be, um, as none of us do, you don't want to be pigeonholed as, right, as right. a musician. You want, you, yeah, right. you don't, you don't want to be mm. like, just like, mm-hmm. this is what you do. Like, no, 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 I, I can do more. And, and I, and I'm seeing a lot more musicians across the, um, race, across, uh, the genre, genres and instruments saying, I can play this. I'm not going to let somebody dictate what I can and can't play. So if you yeah. if you play yeah. country sessions for a living, but you are a really good bop player, go play bop if you yeah. want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. why suppress who you are as yep. a musician? Yeah. Because, man, the Time Jumpers just got a Grammy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Andy Reese. Wow. Is there, I mean, Vince Gill... Don't get yep. it twisted. That dude can bop, man. Oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and as well as all of those cats. I mean, like Andy, yeah. I love playing, you know, jazz yeah. with Andy injuries because his quarter note is as big yeah. as his table. Right. Um, but all of that said, um, um, you know, we are, we're all out here trying to uh, be a part of the music culture. Yeah. And now it's up to you to make a decision whether or not you want to just stick with a particular thing or not, mm-hmm. or, or to know right. what you Follow are where really your good passion at. is. Follow where your passion is. I, it's hard for me to like just say, I'm just going to do this. It's really, my attention span is too short. You, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I love, I love the energy of music mm-hmm. yes. and energy isn't relegated to one genre yeah. no no it's, it's so, basically so it's like, I love playing Latin I love I mean yeah, she's too. Derek too man. it's like and, yeah. and like you hear Derek play Latin or you hear him play the, the stuff you were doing with David Rogers over the weekend I was like damn him <laughs> I get mad at Derek all the time because he like he plays genres as if that's the only yep. genre that he yep. plays no, because cool. he yeah. knows it so well. It just makes it easy. You got super comfortable. Yeah. I'm going to bounce something before you go because I know you got you got a role here. Mm-hmm. I, I find it fascinating that especially early on in this conversation you guys would bring up stuff that people don't feel comfortable talking about and immediately your reaction is to laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, is this like mm-hmm. a defense mechanism that, I mean, I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mean, like, for me personally, I I just know what it feels like to get hit on the chin, man. And and I know what it feels like to to kind of harp on it and rehearse negative mental thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get through it that way. Mm -hmm. So either you're going to do that or you're going to laugh about it and keep swinging. Hubert, (laughs) I don't. And I think a lot of people like me don't. We don't understand. We don't know what that feeling is. We don't have that to, to practice that. Right. What can we do to, I mean... Work out. We, <laughs> I, got, work I got a gym in the basement. I mean, it's, 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 man, if you, if you just, like for me, I'm always trying to sharpen myself wherever I'm weak, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and it's a, 
we all have relationships that could be better, right. marriages that could be better, right, right, bills right. that could be paid on time, you know, <laughs> right? you know, health issues that could be taken care of better. And if and and, and like, do I, I really value my life? So I'm I'm just trying to push. Take care of them legs, right? I, 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 I know. I, I'm trying to. I know. I'm trying to push myself to be just 100 across the board. Like mm-hmm. no one's perfect, you know. Some people don't think they have any problems, and they got all the problems in the world, mm-hmm. you know. But or they're expecting somebody else to handle yeah, it, you right. know, depending on right. what the current yeah. culture. Yeah, you, know, you also you just gotta be strong, man. Like I mean, I I, I think out of all of us, I mean, I, I, you know, all of us here, we all have good parents, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, open yeah. minded parents, yeah. Yeah. great parents, uh, yeah. and they. And I think that uh, it's in you know with Lester, even the same thing. Who's not here? Uh, we we've talked about this before, where it's like. You know the reason why some of us are doing what we're doing and working in this genre, and, and Lester being in a you know Christian rock band for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. Uh, and being you know different, looking differently, having different backgrounds, is that we we grew up with people that told us that we could do anything we wanted to do, mm-hmm. yeah. and then yeah. they supported it. You know what I mean? Like you know they didn't say, "Well, that's stupid," you know, or "Why would you do that?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even and then once you're here, they're still like. Man, it's so good to see you on TV. Like, you know, it's so funny how, like, something your parents or your friends that you end up having, who, you know, we all are, <coughs> have diverse friends, you know, and we live in Nashville in a strange state, but most of most probably our friends are not black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have black friends, mm-hmm. which makes us not racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you too, buddy. <laughs> But yeah, it, it comes to that man. It's having a support system. Uh, it's being knowledgeable. You know, uh, out of all the guys here, I'm probably the dumbest, and I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but you know, what I mean, it's, it's having that thing of like having people to keep you know keep you in check mm-hmm. when you have issues. Like Mark said, you want to text. Text yep. your boy and be like, hey, mm-hmm. man, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And then people just give you straight-up advice. Yeah. 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 You know exactly. what I mean? And, then, I like. and, you, and, you know, and, and the beauty of Nashville and, you know, and some of my buddies that we did another podcast with is that we're all here for each other. We all keep each other in check. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, you know, when you're out of line, yep. yeah. you know, a guy will call you out of line. You're like, yeah. dude, Real what talk. are you thinking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and at the same time, you can call a guy and get... Advice. I mean, like, I mean, Hubert's called me a couple times about things, you know. I'm not sure why, but, you know, he's called, you know, I've talked to Lester about things. I mean, I've talked to all these guys yeah, about, yeah. about stuff, and it's fun that we can all do that. Mm-hmm. We can all talk That's to each other. Yeah. And then relate on a certain level. Because, you know, it'll come, you know, it's hard to talk to your a buddy about, you know... Yes, that's just horrible. You talk, it's hard to talk about to your non-black buddy about something that's some, that might may, be race related mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and I'm a big, I'm a big on like collecting information, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So like if, so if Hubert comes to me, I'm not saying he has, but if he comes to me about an issue, and we talk about it first, and I, and I'll say to him, man, cool, now you should go talk to some, you know, talk to Kevin Murphy about it or talk mm-hmm. to whoever mm-hmm. and get a different perspective on mm-hmm. it and then <clears throat> collect your deal before you go deal with the situation. Right, Because right. right. sometimes, you know, because sometimes people will give you biased, you know, information, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, uh, thoughts, information, so... Or based on what they're experiencing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's all you can do. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's good to collect different things, let it digest, yeah. 
don't don't be victim, even, even if you are. Right. Don't be the victim. Right. Look at the whole thing exactly. and that's then move point. forward. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why we we can all laugh about stuff. Well, and also with the laughing piece, man, it's it's it is a, it is a defense mechanism, but it's also what other choice do you have? I mean, yeah. right. it's like yeah. and seriously, yeah. it's yeah. like you know because you you ask like what can be done when you when you go and you try as a person of color to try to like address a situation mm -hmm. most of the time believe it or not we need you as a person a caucasian to listen not try to be right right not try to give me your perspective because i live in your perspective yeah preach you know what i mean i mm -hmm. live in the perspective that you have i need you to hear me out and to have empathy yeah you're not going to lose anything by me being right about something you're literally not going to like if, if i said that this person treated me this way or this person was racist or whatever even though you can't really prove racism yeah. because all somebody has to do is say no i'm not or i misspoke <laughs> literally yeah, we yeah, see that right. daily uh, but um just just listen you know what I mean? That's I, good for marriage too, Marcus. Very good for marriage. Very good for marriage. Some of us have some diversity in our very own home. Hubert, this is a relationship, man. Yeah. This is a relationship we have. And we, and we all are living together, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like they're, they're, that... The key to a good marriage is listening and mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And we're all on this planet together, man. And it's about mutual respect and listening yeah. and understanding. Yeah, it's, oh, totally. Yeah, man. I mean, it's I keep you know, groove too. It, it, yeah, <laughs> listen, yeah. Oh, listen yeah. to all a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's all. You just uh, it, it just take a little time. You know, I mean, we won't take up much of your time. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be short and simple. You know, I mean, yeah. like, just just give us a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I've learned. Um, and having conversations with people, and, you know, and they try to tell me how to be black, and you can't tell me how to be black. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell me, like you know, it's just like wow. I'm sorry, it's, wow. it's a little hard for you, and I'm trying to explain that. I just let them have the floor, and I, I'm wait, I'll wait till you finish, you know, and then I'm like, it don't work like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, and then you come at me with certain things, and I'm like, look, man, this is the way I see it. Yeah. I'm not gonna get mad at you. It's nothing you can really do to like to get me to ball up my fist at you because yeah. I know better. Right. You know, and when, when I go home now, I might, I might cuss at the wall. Right. <laughs> right. But you know, I've learned you can either be bitter or you can be better. Mm, exactly. That's good. Just a letter yeah, thing. That's exactly. Good. That's you good. know, <laughs> that's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's how it's whatever you choose. You can yeah. be mad, and I've seen some cats, and I had to sit them down, and be like, hey man, look, mm -hmm. chill. Yeah, yeah. It, it don't work like that. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, like you know, like, see, seeing color, like like only color you should be like seeing is like green. Green, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you're gonna see color, you know, like mm -hmm. see green. Mm -hmm. And it's out here. Let's just all go get it. That's how you have to break it down. Like sometimes. Yeah. You have to. You have to just put it out there. And like you know, I've I've been, I've had like a few people. Um, you know, that's that's done stuff way before me. Just like, hey man, look, no, <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, that, no, right, you know, yeah. and just putting it in. You have to like sometimes you just have to like spell it out. Yeah, and it's hard to accept sometimes. Right. Yeah. But you know, like this is the this is the way we survive. Out here. Like, yeah, you know, right. I would hope if I did something, and Marcus Vinny saw me, he'd be like, hey dude, nah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm be like. You know what? You're right. 
Mm -hmm. And I, you know, in my mind, I already knew it should have been there. Right? Nothing helps us context. Like, oh yeah. Like we, and you look back in history. Like even in my own family, like my parents grew up. My family, my dad's family, grew up in rural Arkansas. My dad had to share underwear with his sisters. Wow. Wow. Like, like he lived through. Like he went to school with kids that were part of the Little Rock Nine. They went to the same wow. high school, and then when they, when they integrated Central, he knew some of those kids firsthand. Wow. Yeah. So we heard daily experiences. So that's perspective. So if someone, you know, it's all about to say, like, someone calls me a nigger, I'm thinking, yeah, that's offensive, but I didn't go through that. And I'm a better person because someone else went through that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be more evolved and more accepting because that person, it's all based off of ignorance. Yeah, totally. They're being ignorant. So like, and they don't gain anything by calling you a name. Right. You don't gain anything or yeah. lose anything. Oh. You yeah. know, it, it'll sting because of historical lineage. Right. Yeah. You know, because it's like you're offending my family. Right. But at the same time, it's like, why did you say that? Yeah. And what did you gain from that? How yeah, that what did you gain? Yeah, how does that make you feel? What do you have? But in that context with keto, it's just like, she doesn't, even know, she doesn't know what she doesn't know. Right. It's purely ignorance. That's conditioning. That's a whole, and that's just, she needs to evolve in her own way. And yeah. hopefully she'll be. Yeah. And, and, not everybody, everybody, and hopefully everybody gets there at the same time. Right, exactly. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. by me and Keo, that's the, that was part of the process. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. Dad, we have a kid together. <laughs> So there you go. I want to thank Keo Stroud, first and foremost, for uh, suggesting this idea and this roundtable to me. Early in the podcast, uh, Keo was one of my first interviews, and he was the first drummer of color that I had interviewed. And I had a discussion with my wife. I said, I know that Keo has stories that are unique to him as a drummer of color here in Nashville. Uh, and I, I want to bring it up in a respectful way. And I've known Keo as long as I've been here for 15 years. I said, but I don't know how to approach it. And she said, if it comes up in conversation, it does go with it. If it doesn't, just it has to happen naturally. And it never did. We, we It never did in that discussion. And, and I wanted to address it. Um, so when he suggested this, I thought, this is great. What a great opportunity. And I'm thankful to all these guys. Uh, for sitting down and talking to me and I feel like the door has been opened now for further discussions in the future so uh, thank you so much for listening stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview and want to thank Mike Jackson for his technical help we had a hang this last weekend we were very excited about new things coming up in 2017 including you the listener getting involved in what we do here at Working Drummer Podcast We also have some new things coming on the website. We're going to be retooling that and uh, doing some redesigning we're excited about. So stay tuned for that. We'll keep you up to date. I'm also excited about our new sponsor, Not So Modern Drummer. Go over there and check out and see what George Lawrence has been doing. It's a really fun website to uh, dig into. So again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.